Hey everyone, it's your host of See Jurassic Right, Stephen Ray Morris here, just dropping in to say, I hope you've been enjoying all the new episodes in 2023 and 2024 so far. There are new interviews with filmmakers, musicians, scientists, the screenwriter of Land Before Time, audio essays about the rich history of the Jurassic Park and Jurassic World franchise, and all the news about the upcoming animated show Jurassic World Chaos Theory and the as-of-yet untitled Jurassic World sequel coming next summer. I really need your help supporting the show right now, and you can do that by leaving a tip and or giving a monthly follow on Patreon, patreon.com slash There are $1 and $5 tiers, but more is coming. Sharing the show, giving five-star reviews in Apple Podcasts, and liking and commenting on social, at Stephen Ray Morris on Instagram and Twitter, goes a long way to help boosting the show's visibility again online in this new era. I'm an independent podcaster and your support is so important and means the world to me in keeping this podcast running. Link to the Patreon is in the show notes. Hold on to your butts. Thank you. And now on to the show. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey everyone, and welcome to See Tolkien Right. I'm Stephen Ray Morris, and I'm not really sure what order all the stuff will come out, but currently recovering from COVID, I'm doing fine, and I'm in bed podcasting because I wanted to talk about the Rings of Power, and you're like, hey, Stephen, what does this have to do with Jurassic Park? Well... I don't know why I paused for so long. There's a few things I wanted to say, but Jay Bayona, who directed the first and second episode of the Rings of Power, directed Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. So there we go. That's all you need. But also, it's funny, when Rings of Power was announced, I think I mentioned it a couple of times on some, you know, uh, mini-sodes and eventually the Swift Bites and everything like that, but... You know, it was, I mean, it was that connection when it was first announced that got me being like, okay, you know, I'll watch it. And then, you know, I kind of just was kind of just fell off of it. And then when it finally, finally started coming out, I watched a few episodes with friend of the show, you know, favorite guest. Um, I love him dearly. Chris Bermonte, Montioc, who, you know, is a big Jurassic Park fan and Lord of the Rings fan like I am. And that was the thing where it kind of hit me watching the first couple episodes. I was like, oh, yeah, like basically my whole life when I was a kid. I was really into Jurassic Park and then truly in my sort of like teen, you know, into college, like those years, high school years and stuff. Lord of the Rings was really my biggest fandom, my personality, et cetera, et cetera. And so it wasn't until I started watching the show again and I was like, 
oh yeah, I forgot how much I love Middle Earth. Like I studied abroad in New Zealand, like, come on. And, you know, it had been, I think the disappointment of The Hobbit and also my fascination with why those films are just truly hot garbage, uh, you know, other than a few, you know, Martin Freeman. And again, I love, I love Peter Jackson. I love his vision of Middle Earth, but I mean, I could do a whole essay of, of why those films are bad and it has to do more with, you know, not needing to prove yourself, uh, a bunch of people who just want to be with their families instead of like, you know, s- like hanging out in the wilderness for years, uh, you know, being more environmentally friendly. The, the Hobbit films literally being made because since Guillermo del Toro dropped it as director, basically Peter Jackson was like, well, if I don't direct it, then thousands of like a thousand people won't have jobs for the next five years. So. There, there was just so many other reasons uh, other than artistic that the Hobbit films were made in, in the way that they were made. And, yeah, who knows? Maybe I'll write a book about it someday because I just find it so fascinating. But so you can you can understand that I wasn't necessarily really that intrigued by the Rings of Power, Amazon show. You know, I don't know. I just wasn't I just didn't really think about it, to be honest. There were, you know, other things in my mind, obviously. Jurassic World Dominion came out this year, King Cretaceous. But we're here to talk about The Rings of Power, which, you know, just want to say a few things about it because I, it feels so good to be back in the world of Tolkien. And I will say, all right, I think this show was, you know, I think the show was kind of perfect. It, it just was, it exceeded my expectations. Again, maybe because I didn't have any. And hello, Penny, coming to join me. Oh, my little Balrog. Um, <laughs> but, uh, obviously again, the first two episodes were directed by Jay Bayona. And so, you know, as far as, you know, the atmosphere and Oscar Fuera shot it as well. So, you know, who we've come to, you know, Fallen Kingdom is probably the most beautiful Jurassic film, you know, other than obviously the original is iconic, et cetera, et cetera. But like, you know, Fallen Kingdom is the most artistically shot Jurassic movie. And he obviously, Jay and Oscar definitely brought that energy to bringing you back to Middle Earth. And it's funny because I was just trying to think of like, you know, again, it just sucks that every fandom has to deal with a bunch of racist idiots on the Internet. Um, So I right at the bat, I appreciated the Lord of the Rings TV show when it first started coming out. They posted this message, uh, which I'm going to read directly from the Instagram of the Rings of Power. So it says, We, the cast of Rings of Power, stand together in absolute solidarity against the relentless racism, threats, harassment, and abuse some of our castmates of color are being subjected to on a daily basis. We refuse to ignore or tolerate it. J.R.R. Tolkien created a world which, by definition, is multicultural, a world in which free peoples from different races and cultures join together in fellowship to defeat the forces of evil. Rings of Power reflects that. Our world has never been all white. Fantasy has never been white. Middle Earth is not all white. BIPOC belong in Middle Earth and they are here to stay. Finally, all our love and fellowship go to the fans supporting us, especially fans of color who are themselves being attacked simply for existing in this fandom. We see you, your bravery and endless creativity, your cosplays, fan cams, fan art, and insights make this community a richer place and remind us of our purpose. You are valid, you are loved, and you belong. You are an integral part of the LOTR family. Thanks for having our back. Namari. To me, at its heart, they get everything right about being part of the legacy of Jackson's Lord of the Rings and 
they capture the spirit of Tolkien while, you know, obviously just modernizing it, updating it, giving it that kind of Gen Z coat of paint or whatever that like makes it a fun, enjoyable show. When I think about the show, I think about the songs and the, the cool callbacks and lore and, you know, the people standing, you know, thinking about their place in the wider world. Like those are, they get the themes of Tolkien perfectly and they get the emotional energy of Jackson's middle earth, you know, along with Fran Walsh and Philip Boynes, like the emotional middle earth that they crafted, I think is perfectly carried into this version of the rings of power. I think it's, it's the kind of thing where like, you know, and we're going to get into spoilers, I guess, a little bit as we talk about the show, because essentially, well, you know, this is your chance turn back now, I guess, for spoilers. But also the show hooked me just because literally the whole show is basically uh, like Galadriel's origin story, essentially. But and Sauron's as well, too. But it essentially it just takes all that beautiful poetry and injects it with the kind of drama that is exciting because and that's what I mean when I, you know, and I'm being dismissive to maybe like quote-unquote hardcore Lord of the Rings fans, but like, you know, I've read the appendices, I've attempted to read the Cimmerillion, you know, a bunch of times, like, you know, The Hobbit is my favorite book of all time, and I'm not trying to, like, come from any place of authority, but it's just more of, like, I, it's just, you know, you gotta call it like you sees it, and it's like, a lot of this stuff, I mean, it is, a lot of this stuff is just made up, it's only made up if you're attached to, like, two sentences in the back of a thousand page book. Like, I honestly don't give a shit about that sort of thing. I was also thinking the other day that like the idea of prequels is so pervasive now that we don't even like question it anymore. And it is, you know, I think it's funny to think of like, yes, rings of power is essentially the, like the first season of the show is essentially just like, you know, here's how Sauron got to be to the point where the, you know, the three elven rings of power are forged. And it's like, finally, Sauron can be Sauron at the end of this season. I think that, you know, that's the kind of stuff that plagues in general, most prequels and everything like that. But what I find cool about this show is that it actually made everything engaging up to that point. And, you know, people might say, oh, these mysteries and things are a waste of time. But I don't know. I just think it's engaging. I think like if you started off this show with like, hey, I'm Sauron. Hey, I'm glad. Like if you knew where every when you're talking about trying to achieve thematic uh, resonance, you have to, you know, you have to like, I mean, you don't have to do anything really. It's all just made up at this point. But like, I think the choices that they made were interesting because, you know, when you see Galadriel in the Lord of the Rings trilogy, you can tell this woman's been through shit. She has seen the darkness. And I think, the, you know, Jennifer Hutchinson and the showrunners cleverly were very like, how do you get to a person that is like so broken yet still strong and paranoid and, you know, uh, ever vigilant kind of thing? How do you create a, per how does a person become that? And so I think the show kind of does all that stuff really well and it's really fun and it's really like, enjoyable and it, it doesn't necessarily rely on like i mean like how many people are really like oh yeah when the three elven rings get created like nobody no the show ends when the uh there's a great comment on the nerd of the rings videos which are like the new rock stars but for lord of the rings there's a great comment where it was like 
you know, Sauron simply did walk into Mordor and that's just like very cute and funny. But I really like the show because it it just it just walked around with those themes in ways that felt really cool and impactful. You know, the Harfoot storyline with Nori and, you know, what we presumably assume by the end of the season to be Gandalf. That's the shit that like, you know, I <laughs> I, I felt like growing up, it's like joking, like this idea of like. The only time bros knew how to cry was when Gandalf died, you know, and I think it's that thing of like, you know, our generation, the millennials especially are so Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings are so ingrained into our psyche that I think this series honored it really well, but also kind of did a lot of cool new things. I mean, I really love all the stuff with the orcs and the, you know, the corrupted orc, and I really like all the stuff between the dwarven stuff and with the you know the Durin and, the, and his father and the relationship between Durin and Elrond, that is stuff as good as anything in Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings. I think Galadriel as this paranoid soldier, you know, who's never left the war. I think that makes sense, and I think that that I don't know all that stuff just really tracks for me. I think it. You know, again, I, I'm not going to you know, it's one of those things when even like thinking about Jurassic World Dominion or, or, or even Jurassic World, you know, there are certain sort of conventions that modern movies do. And, you know, they're annoying sometimes. Uh, but at the end of the day, I guess I'm just choosing to like, yeah, we got to, you know, we got to do that to get to the to the meat, you know, and it's almost like this is just like the sleeker, sexier Lord of the Rings, but it also doesn't doesn't forget to be extremely sweet and silly. And, you know, it just, uh, it still is, there's still songs. There's still, you know, again, I think I was just saying this earlier, it's just people staring off, you know, looking mournful. And it's like, that's the thing that's uh, hard to do sometimes where it is this, you know, I think about Eternals and sort of the general reaction to it where it's like, it's hard to find people who are immortal relatable, but it like the idea that we shouldn't try and tell those stories because it's the thema- you know, because it's actually a metaphor or it's allegory or it's, you know, means it's the thematic ideas for it. It's like, yeah, I don't know. To me, it, I, I don't know. I'm, I, I don't know who I'm railing against, but it's just to me, I, I think the strive for logic and realism in, in fiction has kind of like, I think, caused a lot of the problems that people sometimes have with these things to exist where it's like, yes, there's a version of rings of power where it is like a thousand years and none of these characters ever meet. And it's just people staring off into the distance and you're just watching an ASMR ASMR video of rings being forged. People want things to relate to people want drama. You know, we, we want those things. And it's, and for me, it's like, Oh my gosh, I get to see events happen that I didn't even know I wanted to see this whole, the whole Sauron reveal over the course of the story and, and Galadriel's ego and, and sort of sense of duty getting in the way of her seeing stuff is just so interesting and cool. And I think it's just like hanging on to a few sentences in the back of a, like, it just doesn't, I guess what's to me, you know, again, your mileage may vary. I mean, the reality is you love those little details. And if those aren't there, then what's the point? But I, I don't know. Just for me, it's always been about the bigger picture, the, the, those themes, the stuff that, you know, tugs at the heartstrings. That's the stuff that I, I really like. And I think the show did it really well. I don't think it sacrificed any 
thematically, I don't think it sacrificed any Tolkienness. So to me, it's perfect. And emotionally, it's hitting those same notes as Jackson's Middle Earth. You know, I think it's like playing in all those those playgrounds really well. The world of men and elves, and and if anything, I really like this because it just kind of because again, it's like you could have. There's a version of the show where. It starts off and Galadriel is the same Galadriel who we know in Fellowship and it's the same Elrond. And it's just like, but the reality is in, I mean, you know, it's testament to the great work, you know, to the great actual, (laughs) the poetry of Tolkien and the acting of Kate Blanchett and Hugo Weaving that we do love those characters. But I mean, you know, those characters were exposition machines in those movies. You know, they weren't, they, they weren't necessarily like, characters with like a full realm i think it's like we got enough i guess i just didn't know i wanted this kind of story to be told because again the reality is your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could they didn't stop to think if they should and it's like that's fine but also this is all fiction and movies so like i don't know i'm i've just grown to the point where it's like either just watch it or don't but it's like i'm just i'm always just annoyed at people who are like well this is the reason why it's like not faithful or whatever and it's just like I know why you're saying that, but that's doesn't I don't think you understand Tolkien as much as you say you do sort of thing where it's like, I don't know if that's me being just too pushy about it, but it's just. At this point, I just try and watch things without expectations, and it's just like if it's making me feel the same way I feel when I read The Hobbit or I read Lord of the Rings, I think that's a fucking accomplishment, and I think that's something that the showrunners of rings of power should be very proud of and i it's just wild to me that i'm just like i am so stoked for season two i love where everything left off and i'm so happy to be in middle earth again to to, i'm so happy to be in the world of tolkien again Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say knowing too much about behind the scenes Bruin stuff, because again, I'm somebody who loves new rock stars. I'm somebody who loves knowing the behind the scenes. Again, the extended editions of Lord of the Rings taught me everything. I, you know, it basically, that was like my film school before film school. When I was a, a kid, it went from, you know, the making of Jurassic Park and wanting to know how these dinosaurs came to life, transitioned directly into Lord of the Rings, the extended edition and the joys, you know, the highs and lows of making movies and bringing, you know, this beautiful world to life. 
But at the same time, it is very funny where it is like people getting hung up on like, oh, well, you know, they don't have the rights to Cimmerillion when they like clearly reference things from the Cimmerillion. And it's, you know, it's all just a bunch of legal mumbo jumbo. And the reality is we don't really know the behind the scenes. We're only being fed like a certain percentage. I think actually Guillermo del Toro said something like that um, around the time when the when he was working on The Hobbit before he left, where it's like, if you show people, you know, 25% of behind the scenes that you want them to see, then they won't bother caring about the rest or something like that. And it's just like, I don't know. I'm just at the point where I'm like, I really enjoyed the last, you know, month or so just sitting down and watching each episode and watching about half of them with Chris Bermonte and watch one with my sister. And it just kind of takes me back to the days when we just went and watched a movie. And then, you know, at school the next day, we just would talk about with our friends and I'm glad the rings of power made a statement and is really standing up for their community and standing up for their cast members and their fans it, because the re- that's the point. Like, it should be fun to talk about this stuff. And and that really starts at making your community safer and a safer place for everyone. So, um, yeah, fuck racist. Fuck all those assholes. I love Middle Earth, and it there's no place for that sort of toxicity here. Uh, I'm so thankful for the Rings of Power because I am, yeah, again, I'm just like, wow. I'm like the poetry of Tolkien and being back and all that again is just so wonderful. So... Anyway, that's it. I don't even know how long I've been going for. Uh, Not too long, I guess. But are you somebody that loved Peter Jackson's Middle Earth and hasn't really read the books? Or, you know, you are a book fan? Like, just Lord of the Rings was as big of a fandom in my life as Jurassic Park is. And I'm glad it's back up up there again. I don't know. I'm just really excited about that. So um, I hope everyone's doing well. I hope everyone's staying safe. Reminder that I am podcasting from my bed. And also let me know if you want me to do more... Lord of the Rings stuff. I think I might do an episode with Chris Bermonte. Um, we've been wanting to catch up about Dominion anyway, because um, we, we've we seen each other and talked about Dominion off off podcast. But let me know if you want to see more Tolkien stuff, because again, I don't know if J.B. is doing anything with season two. Actually, I know he's not, because season two of, of Rings of Power, every episode is going to be directed by a, a woman. So that's very cool. Until next time, uh, stay safe and... Um... Speak, friend, and enter. (laughs) Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.